Alright, good afternoon. We are back again with another episode. Remember the purpose of this podcast is to bring back the uh, the the relationship between the school and the community. So today I'll be talking with a career development facilitator, Mr. Courtney Henderson. He'll be providing us some insight as to what he does and how he can impact our kids. So when your kids back go back to school, you'll have a little bit more understanding of what his position is. Um, and what he does and how your kids uh, career development facilitator can help your child out so let's go ahead and get started Courtney Mr. Mr. Henderson talk to us about your your career and tell us a little bit about yourself man well you know I'm so blessed Mr. Aiden first of all I just thank you for having me to the podcast Um, I'm born and raised in District 5 Um, went to Reval DR Hill Spartanburg District District 5 and I went to Burns, um, played a little football, man. Like I messed with my players, man. Um, God bless me to have a, a pretty good at, um, athletic career, academic. But um, <clears throat> I'm more proud of like all the achievements that I was I was able to be part of the all area academic teams all my three years of varsity. So um, I truly emphasize the student over the athlete mm-hmm. and um, my grades. Um, took me to where my athleticism didn't. So that's just a little bit about myself, and, and I'm glad. It's like a dream job, man, being able to come back to a school district that you grew up in, working with some of the same teachers that molded me into the man that I am, and being able to help like some of my classmate kids. And so it's just it's just a blessing. That's good, man. That's what's up. So, and you know, I think your role is unique because. You know, we need somebody in a in a position like you, somebody who's been through something like that, because a lot of our kids don't understand that they're not all going to make it in, in sports and what happens after that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. So with that being said, tell us a little bit about what you do as a career development facilitator. Well, I play a critical role in the student's career development and introducing them to um, careers and that the world of work, um, providing them learning and experiential opportunities for students to acquire and the behaviors and skills that it's going to take for career readiness. Um, You know, a lot of times I'm just trying to build connections basically between the student and the workforce and let them know that each day they come to school, they're they're clocking in. They were like, well, coach, what you mean? I said, you're already working and your job as you clock in every day is being a student and the same characteristics that you need in the classroom, you're going to always need those same core value traits to be in the workforce. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. And I'm glad you said that because, man, I think now with the with the world that we live in, there's a lot of things that, that are going on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There, there's careers that's being created that didn't exist. Right. Myself, I'm only 30 years old, but there's careers now that didn't exist when I was in second, third, fourth, fifth grade. Right. You know, you have people who actually make a living off of being a content creator or somebody who makes a living off of making funny videos. Right. People, people are getting famous <laughs> for being ugly right. now. I know, right. <laughs> and right. they're making a career out of this. Right. But... With kids who who can't find that intrinsic motivation, you know, to to figure out what they like or what they want to do as far as their future goes, what are, what are some of the the key challenges that our kids face when it comes down to picking out something that they think they will they will want to do post graduation? Well, one, well, one thing that I do, Mr. Aiken, um, we I, I have them take this on um, what I call the Highland Quiz, 
and it's and it asks you about about a fifty things dealing about yourself, about you things things that you like, things that you you feel like you can do, and the person that you are, like what type of person you are. So I tell the student once you identify who you are and your likes, and then you know it, it matches. Then I try to match that your interests and your personality trait to the type of careers that may fall under what you may like because you know working with middle schoolers and high schoolers you know it they may not be to that point to where they quite ready to or, or unsure what they want to be in the workforce so my job is to try to point them in that direction mm-hmm. uh, that's good man that's really good so in today's rapidly changing uh job market i would i, w- I want to ask you this question because and, and you're a sports guy and you can probably attest to the fact that football is changing, basketball is changing, oh, yeah. sports. Kids yeah. are, are more athletically gifted than they were 20 years yes, ago. They are. Right? Um, and with that being said, the, the job market, that along with the athletics is changing because people are smarter than they were. People are extremely smart and the technology is more smarter than what it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Right. So today... What are some of the, the skills that you would advise parents to help their children develop in order to be a person who can compete um, not only in their local areas, but with other people across the world? What are some of the key skills that you think our kids need now in order to be successful? I think I think one skill that um, and I think is so underrated that that most parents or whatever don't emphasize. I think we have to start emphasizing first critical thinking. And problem solving. Um, a lot of times at this age, you know, things are so laid out for our for our mm-hmm. youth mm-hmm. to where we don't put them in situations to where their their critical thinking skills are really being being to the to the front of their um to their abilities. So I, I would I would strongly advise that we we, we we teach this day and youth more about problem solving. Because, you know, when we was growing up, man, we had to we had to figure things out. You right, know, sometimes, right, right. man, when we was at home and hey, parents told you, hey, um, the food is in the kitchen, the wood need chopped, had go to the stove, and I'm talking nine years old, man. We had to figure those things out at the early age. But this generation, man, it's it's everything is kind of just like A B C D E F G. Wake up the next day, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. So um, I think problem solving and social skills, man. Oh, just, yeah, definitely. Just being able, man, just just talk. This generation, I mean, I, I think I think the cell phones is good, but I think when it comes to, to today's generation and their social skills, I think the cell phones is just taking away, taking that. away that. Taking away that, man, because you know, man, you know, we – when you go in the cafeteria, man, you got a table of eight, and out of eight, seven of them is, is down in, in the cell phones. Right. Instead of talking. Right. Getting over basic social skills. Mm-hmm. So, so social media is not actually social. social. It's it is not away. right. And I tell everybody, it's funny that you say that. Like social media is is not social at all because right. it's keeping it's keeping our day's generation from being social. And um, you know, so those so those are some skills, critical thinking, social skills, and um, you know, just that um intuition, that drive, man. Mm-hmm. You know, these 
this generation, man, what what is they? I ask the kids all the time, you know, dealing with my students and my football players, like, what is your drive? What is your why? What is your motivation? It seems like, you know, back then we had drives, man. If we didn't have all, like you say, we didn't have the, the big-time weight rooms. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the strength coaches. So what do we do, man? We ran them extra heels on mm-hmm. ourselves. Like, when, when practice is over now, those kids are out of there. Right. They're gone. Me and my boys, we wanted to get extra passes in. Me and my quarterback, we wanted to throw extra passes to each other. All that, all that is done. So these these kids now are so programmed to like when the bell ring or when the whistle blow, we out, we gone, we we on to the next. So, you know, this this generation, man, I, I would question what is they drive? Mm-hmm. Do they still have that hunger, that ambition like we did coming up, man? Because you know it's. It's so much, man. So I would challenge parents on that to keep the kids, drive home with social skills, and definitely critical thinking. Oh, yeah. And with that being said, if you if you had to, and I know that there's a lot of kids who still have a lot of, you know, a lot of drive that you mentioned. That, that You know, that, there's still a lot of them, but compared to the masses, like you said, that there's like a almost a programming. Right. right, everybody's going A, B, C, D. But for those kids who who do have that that drive and that hunger to be unique and to be different and to still stand for something, uh, to chase after something, how do you tailor your advice to them? You know, to, to their unique situation. Well, what I tell them, man, you know, I basically, you know, I do like I call like the, the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror, and I say, okay, tell me what do you see yourself being you know, the next 10 years. And I like to say 10 because I always tell about it, you know, everything comes in a 10-year span. Mm-hmm. So in 10 years, do you see yourself? And someone say, well, Coach, I, I see myself, you know, playing. And it's, and, I, and, I, and I never knocked that because I said I've, I've had the opportunity of coaching two young men that had the opportunity to play pros. But then I always tell them, man, like the opportunities and the resources – they are there now. Even, even like, you know, you being 30, I'm being right, right at 45, 46. We, the, the resource that they now have is so available to them. Are you taking advantage mm-hmm. of all the resources that are provided for you guys? I right. mean, so, so if these, these, the, this young generation, man, I, I just give them advice that what I tell you, you not could be anything that you choose that you want to be, you can be it. It's no excuses, none. Mm-hmm. So that that be my point. That's that's my drive to them. I get that. And you'll have parents who will challenge you on that too, and they'll say stuff like, you know, you talk about resources, and a lot of people don't understand that how accessible resources are. So you being the career development facilitator, I'm sure that you know um, of some resources that that parents can use to help the kids outside of school. Can you? Talk a little bit about some of those resources. Mr. Aiken, I'm glad you asked, man. It, it is it is tons of things. Like, for, for one, our our program that we use here is the scores. I mean, the scores provide our kids with um, inside sites, and, and they give, like, um, career choice, competency tests. Um, you, have, you have employment st- statistics and trends, um, company information sources, um, they have a lot of resume building programs, mm-hmm. and the thing that I that I challenge my students when they some kind come in, 
Just like me and you, I sit down and I make them do job interviews. Mm-hmm. I make them sit down. Even even my son, you know, he's at Western Carolina and now he's about to get in the workforce. And I tell him, I say, now nah, it's, it's a little different. And you know, I don't want to go off the subject, but you know, he he have he have dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. And I say I say I, I say Zay all the time. Right now, the cultural acceptance is it's like you're now can be, you can now have dreadlocks. You know, right. my coaches back then used to always tell me, like, you got to be the clean cut, mm-hmm. clean shave, and all that, your parents and all that. Yeah. I've like, even been told that because I've, I've cut two sets of dreadlocks. Right. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm saying to myself, so you can relate to this. Mm-hmm. So here's what I tell parents. So when, when we when we, when we when we are talking to our to our students and, and, and children, we have, to, we have to give them resources like that and I just put them through like real life, real life experience. I mean, I sit down and do mock interviews. If they gonna say um or their eyes, where they eyes, their body language, how they dress, and you know stuff like that, and you know stuff like that. So I I believe strongly in hands on experiences mm-hmm. when it comes to just giving these kids the resources and things of that nature. So parents can take take their kids through some of that stuff. At Absolutely, home, right at home. At, right at home. Oh yeah, right at Man, home. I'm glad you said that because my son too. My son, I, well, I have four kids, mm-hmm. but my youngest son, he's one who's, who's very active. He's a three year old kid. Okay. Well, he's four now. Okay. Um, but he is very intelligent. So everything that I do, he does the exact same thing. Right. So <laughs> just to share a little story, yesterday yeah. I was at the house cleaning fish, and I have an electric fillet knife. And he asked me, he said, he said, Daddy, can I help? And I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, this is a dangerous knife. This knife can really hurt him with with a simple mistake. But I say that to say our kids will take interest in or show interest in anything that we take interest in or show interest in. Right. So if it's important to your mom or dad that. You know, I learned how to speak to people, how I learned how to how to talk to people Amen. or learn how to do a do an interview. Right. You know, I think our kids catch on to stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Um, so so when they come to school and, and don't have those skills, we as educators and, and we as parents have to even if we're not interested in it, if that's what we want for our kids, we have to make ourselves take it. Absolutely. In. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Because I'm, I'm interested in my kids being successful. Right. And whatever it takes for my kids to be right. successful, whether it's sitting down, and reading a book, I'm going to do that. Right. And it, and, it's, and it's blessed that your, your kids have that. And, and I, I mentioned white grief, but I can tell she's in that same mm-hmm. she's in that same boat with you, making yeah. sure your kid's successful. And I know for the listener out there, well, what about that kid that doesn't have that? Mm-hmm. So, And I think that's where, uh-huh. that's where we have to hear as educators have to take that role and then you be like, well, you know, you know, but I I I I disagree with anybody to say that that's not our responsibility as mm-hmm. parents because God and I don't want to make this be religious, but I think, you know, God puts us in position for our path to cross with these children that need that. Yep. So I'm I I know for a fact that at Deer Hill and at Burnside that God's going to hold me accountable for that young man and that young lady that comes in here. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so passionate about my job because I do have a say-so in the future of these children. Yep. And that's what I, I spoke about that in the in the last episode. Oh, that's our bell, y'all. <laughs> that's going to be cool. Um, but I did talk about that in the last episode about creating a village and, and mm-hmm. bumping into to kids that 
if you as a teacher, you might not even teach or a parent coming out to the school, finding a way to Absolutely. get involved, man, because it's not just about your kids. And, and I spoke in the last episode about this, too. There's certain certain things that kids are exposed to in one household but are not exposed to Absolutely. in the next household. And if you have a gift that you can share with not only your kids, find a way to get involved at the school and Absolutely. share that gift with other kids. Absolutely. Too. And that's funny that you say that, mistaken, because we're always looking for volunteers mm-hmm. to come up here and be that village. Because yep. that's, that's one of the important, man. I love that word, village, man. I love that um, word. That's, that's huge, man. So with that being said, that was a there's a lot of information that I've gotten from you in this in this short amount of time. So kinda kinda talk with me about a success story that you've had with, with a kid. Like I know you've been in education a while and coaching a while. Talk to me about you know, a success story that you've had. Maybe you've seen a kid come from well, kids say now from the mud to, to to a success. Talk talk to me about that a little bit. The one young man that I that I would um that I would just comes to mind and it's a couple of years ago, his name was Sergio Garcia, and um, he was a young man that um, you know, and I and I'll be honest, you know, he he really he he would he really wasn't um real big on going to the classes, getting education, but that's the first year we started our male mentor program called um, the Men of Promise, and him and a few of his buddies came, and like after the third meeting, you know, Sergio. He he came to me, and he said he said, Coach, you know I, I really like coming to the meetings. I think it's helping me, but you know my friends say you know it's lame, it's whack, mm. all this stuff they saying it ain't really true. They don't really care about us. But he said, Coach, you know I'm not feeling like that. And I said, Sergio, I said I tell you what, and I said I get it, and I understand. And I'm gonna tell you it's a success story, but I have to give you a little background on Sergio. Um, he was a Hispanic kid. Um, single parent, and I said, Sergio, you know, we met every Thursday. I said, if you're here, man, we love to still have you keep coming, but if not, um, you know, I understand. I, I mean, you know, in middle school, man, it's tough for you to have to choose between your, your peers, oh, yeah. you didn't grow up with, the peer pressure, but that next Thursday, you know, his friends didn't come, but Sergio came, and um, I mean, I... I mean, I, I just felt like just running around that classroom and that same that same lesson we talked about, we talked about what the same the thing I talked about earlier about the mirror test, and it was Sergio saying he and he said he, he you know he wanted to he wanted to be a barber. He wanted to cut hair. And at that time, you know, I, I, I started um making a connection right down the street here, Face for Change Wefford. So I called my homeboy Danny and I said, "Hey man, I got a kid that's interested in barbering. Do you mind if I bring him down there? Just let him just sit in the shop for a little while, let him job shot So Danny like, "Yes, bring him through, coach." So took took Sergio down there. We met on the Saturday. Came down there, man, and he stayed in the shop, and his whole life changed. After I mean, Danny, the shop showed him so much love, and he seen himself. Being behind that barber chair, so now Sergio, man, he just graduated. Um, he's working in the um, local barber shop down there in Greer, doing a good job. So, so Sergio made it, made a decision, and I will say, not gonna mention the student's name, but some of them same peers that he hang around with, two of them, you know, end up getting in trouble with the law and stuff. So mm-hmm. they been in and out the system, but Sergio, he made a decision. 
he chose he chose his betterment of himself and he kind of identified that he wanted to be a barber so we you know we sent him through the vocational schools and all that so now he's a successful barber so man I just think about man the choice that he made at the age of a eighth grader is now benefiting him now wow that is awesome man that's awesome so and and I think when I think about that type of story, man, there's a there's a lot of kids out here, a lot of parents out here who experience stuff like that yeah. and, and get stuck in the mindset of I have nowhere else to right. go. You know what I mean? Right. And I also spoke previously, too, about how our kids spend eight hours a day around their peers. Right. That's a lot of a lot time in a day. You know what I mean? So so their peers can influence a lot of the decisions <laughs> right. that they make. Right. Um, and I think we as parents, going back to the to the whole purpose of this episode, is we as parents and we as educators have to invest time in our kids in order to make sure that they head in the right direction that we want Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like you said, you take a, you take a school day and a time of their day, and their parents may not, they, they are probably going to see their peers through uh, through Monday through Friday, way yep. more than their parents. Right. Um, so the influence that their peers could have, and you know, we always say this, and we tell them, and you probably been told us, I've been told us, and I and I and I tell all these peers that come here with friends like Sergio, um, my English twelfth grade English honor teacher, Miss Moss said, she said, Courtney, I'm gonna tell you. And I, and, and I do have to tell Miss Moss she was wrong because she said I would be able to count my friends that I hang out on high school on one hand. But Miss Aiken, I'm going to tell you, I don't need no hands. Wow. Because none of the friends, and we was tight. We was boys. I mean, you'd have told me way back then that I wouldn't be hanging out with them, my same dudes, my same boys from, from K through 12. I would have said, man, no way. But she said, she said Courtney, you're going to be able to count on one hand. And you know when I see them, it's still cool. They'll mm-hmm. come up to the yeah, bus. Yeah. But for us, just kicking it, hanging, chilling, uh-uh. oh, none yeah. of that, man. So I, I tell these, I tell these students that all the time. You know, they can't really see it now. Mm-hmm. But don't let, don't let that, don't let that peer influence you to the point to where you think 10, 12 years from now that that same peer is gonna pay your mortgage, right? Gonna pay your car, gonna pay your phone bills, gonna pay you when your kid gets sick, gonna pay your doctor bills. So if you got a friend like that, then I need to you need to introduce that friend to me because that's that's a ride or die friend. Oh yeah. Miss Aiken, do you got a friend? Do you got a friend that'll take care of your house, no, feed sir. your kids? No, sir. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen, man. Yeah, so, so that's, I, that's I was why. one of those kids too that, that made a decision, man, mm-hmm. to to take my skills and use that to make me some money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I'm I'm passionate about education. I love seeing kids go from, from A to B, you know what I'm saying, and then from B to Z. But I think it takes more than me just having passion and me myself, but people like you, you know, helping our kids to understand that there is a future past eighth grade, seventh grade. There's a future past high school. There's a future past college. Absolutely. And and developing those skills is extremely important. Extremely you know, you important. You have to you have to do that. And as parents, we have to continue to develop because I'm both. Well, you are too, parent and an educator. You know, we have to continue to develop the skills that unnecessary for our kids to be successful right. and we have to show interest in right. those things in order for our kids to be interested in you know absolutely. sharpening their skills as well absolutely oh, yeah. 100 yeah. so we're gonna close out with that y'all um you know if you want to get in contact with me my facebook name is man tpc pc 
Um, that's uh, Man the Principal's Chair Podcast. Um, and on Instagram, my name is going to be The Dark Fader because, like I said, I do. I am a barber on the side as well. So if you need a haircut, hit me up as well. That's what's up, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And if you want to get in contact with Mr. Henderson, um, I'll let him share his information so, you know, we can chop it up and have a conversation. Yes, my own information is on Courtney.Henderson at Sport, S-P-R-T, 5.net. Um, you can reach me at my work phone, 864 949 2370 extension um, 217. So you guys um, reach out, man, and just want to thank you guys for um, listening in. And um, we enjoyed it, man. Just love just keeping it real, man. And, you know, like I say, man, just be uh, – if you can't take nothing from this, man, just understand that you can be – you can make a difference. Whether you think that you can't, you can make a difference. Oh, yeah. And we going on that, y'all. Catch y'all on the next one. Thank y'all.